And now, for the first time ever, Attack of the Killer Podcast live. Thrill as you finally get to see their beautiful faces. Marvel at the excitement of watching them just sitting there. Be amazed as you find out what Jason is truly doing with his hands underneath the table. Yes, it's Attack of the Killer Podcast live! Attention planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer Hello and welcome everyone to Attack of the Killer Podcast Live. I am your host, your MC, your master of ceremonies, the little bitch on the microphone, Insane Mike. And I want to thanks ev- thank everybody for being here at Halloween Palooza 2017. Is everybody having a good time so far? Cool. So before we really get into it, I want to take a moment and tell you a little bit about the show. Uh, If you've never listened to the show or even have heard of Attack of the Killer podcast, you need to give me 40 laps right now. We'll wait. Oh, you've all seen, you've all heard us. Good. Okay. Attack of the Killer podcast is a horror-themed podcast where a group of friends who all have a similar interest, horror movies, and we uh, sit around and discuss movies within a certain topic. Uh, it's a free free for all discussion, so m- there may be um, a lot of things that happen during the show that's just like the things in the back of my fridge. Yes, I'm talking about spoilers. I took forever writing these jokes, so it's okay to laugh. Attack of the Killer Podcast is a proud member of the Phantom Podcast Network, and if you've never heard of the Phantom Podcast Network, you are missing out. It's a network that has all these amazing podcasts on them. And you can check it out at downrightcreepy.com backslash phantom. That's downrightcreepy.com backslash phantom. I could talk slower for those that are writing it down. That's downrightcreepy. Okay. Uh, so for our first ever live show, our topic is going to be our favorite and our least favorite movie monsters. Usually on the show, we come up with like a list of titles that we kind of all watch to prep for the show, and then we discuss those titles. Um, but this one's, this one's a little bit more set up like our bonus episodes. <gasps> What's a bonus episode, you say? Well, thank you for asking. So it's segue time. Uh, just, uh, just, just so you know, this magic, it doesn't come for free, okay? Uh, you think we just plug in a microphone and talk on Skype? Well, that is what we do, but there are other costs involved as well. And so we do have a Patreon that you can donate to, uh, patreon.com backslash AOTKP, and you can become a Patreon donator. Now we do have different, um, different things that you can get by donating to our Patreon, such as, oh, you guessed it, bonus episodes that are recorded just for the Patreon donators. You could also um, suggest a commentary 
episode where we do a commentary track for a movie, and you get to pick what movie we do. So, all right, so that's enough of that stuff. Oh, one last thing I do want to mention. Uh, you like the t-shirt? Pretty cool. If you like a t-shirt, you want one for your own, and you can pretend to be a member of Attack of the Killer podcast. Over by the, across from the elevator over here is the prescribed films table, and that's where we're selling the t-shirts at. We also have um, uh, CD, uh, CDs over there, well, DVDs, of uh, the audio of the first five seasons of Attack of the Killer podcast. Thousands upon thousands of hours of content of a lot of this. So you definitely want to pick those up. That's right. So, enough of that. Got all the housekeeping out of the way. It is time to introduce you to the podcast crew. Whenever he goes to a horror convention, you can find him getting his picture taken with Kane Hodder because sadly he's really into erotic asphyxiation. Kids, don't try him at home. Brian Clark, everybody. How's it going? It's going good. Good. All right. Next up, he paid $200 for what he thought was a screen-used Jason Voorhees machete. Turns out he was just at Home Depot. Tad Good, everyone. How's it going, man? Great. Awesome. Good. <laughs> she went wild at the, at the convention after party. The only way Attack of the Killer podcast knows how... That's right, falling asleep in front of the TV watching the Food Channel. Terry Turford, everyone. Hi, Terry. You jerk. <laughs> and last, he stood in line for six hours for Robert England's autograph before he realized he was standing in the line of mannequins. Jason Bollinger. <laughs> that sounds like me. How are you guys doing? Has it been good Halloween Palooza for everybody so far? We're an hour in, kicking butt. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay, so the topic is our, our favorite and least favorite horror movie monsters. Who wants to start us out? I'm looking at you, Brian. Yeah, you are looking at me. <laughs> see, I see everyone else has like phones and stuff. I went analog. I have a piece of paper because you know me in technology, too. right? <laughs> that's true. I'm going to have to give my number one spot to H.R. Giger's Alien, the Xenomorph yes. creature from the original Alien. I mean, it's, it's an obvious choice, but it's an iconic creature. It's, uh, the thing about it is it's completely alien, but at the same time, more or less biologically believable, uh, other than the fact of how quickly it grows from the chest burster into the fully grown adult instar creature. It, uh, it looks like a thing that could actually function, and it's just a fantastic design. Yeah, I don't know, and that's a big thing for me too when it comes to like movie monsters. They, there has to be some, some just basis of reality, human element in that yeah. final monster that makes yeah, exactly it that much scarier. You know, and, and you're gonna find that with my worst list, like the ones that kind of defy defy the laws of physics, the ones that really bug me. But uh, no, that's that's a great pick, and. Um, but I mean, it's so it's so iconic now. Everybody like knows that look. But if you really, really think about it, there's like really nothing else design-wise that's like that. The detail work on that thing is just amazing. So, do you like all H.R. Geiger stuff in general, 
What's that? Do you like um, H.R. Geiger's stuff in general? Oh, yeah, absolutely. He was an incredible artist. One of the, his diseased mind produced some wonderful works of art. <laughs> I had a, uh, a teacher when I attended the Art Institute of Pittsburgh that knew H.R. Geiger or worked for him at one point or whatever, and he would talk about like, where a lot of those ideas came from. He was, one of, he, he was a believer in like, not outer space aliens per se, but like, there's another dimension kind of thing and those the, like those creatures can see us but we can't see them they're kind of like coexisting within the same realm but they're just on a different level than us sort of like from beyond yeah e- also exactly. hr giger did a lot of drugs yeah that'll do it that'll do <laughs> so it. that's probably explains it yeah all right let's move on down tad what, what's one of yours i think my number one and it's sort of a cop-out but um John Carpenter's The Thing. Totally is awesome. it takes several forms, so it's a very easy choice. Uh, I think the, the blood test scene, to me, is like one of the most memorable things uh, oh my God. of all time when he's strapped down to the chair. But, of course, every, every form of The Thing is very, um, very different but very memorable. So I felt like I sort of... That was like an easy choice. Sure. Just because... Like I said, there's several different versions of him, but um, also one of the, the most terrifying and, and one of my favorite films of all time. Uh, everything, what, what also seeing him in the light, like you see them, every version of the monster in the light. It's not, it's not hidden in the dark. There's, and, it's, and it still holds up today. You know, yeah, even with practical like, effects. You know, even it, with H, HD quality and all that, yeah, you don't yeah, see the seams like most other monsters. Right, so yeah, I mean... When I when I think of monsters, I automatically think of those creations. Uh, so that's my probably my top pick overall. Great pick, great pick. How about you, Terry? Well, I kind of went with uh, the monster from my favorite movie because I can. Um, I chose uh, Henrietta from Woo! the Evil Dead franchise. Uh, both the just kind of fat suit one, because and uh, then the elongated neck and. I mean, mostly also because Ted Raimi's in it, and that makes me happy knowing that he's the one in that suffering, and it's (laughs) hilarious. So that was my choice. So how excited were you then when Henrietta showed up in Ash vs. Evil Evil Dead Season 2? So excited. Oh, cool. Yeah. And that it was Ted Raimi again. It was amazing. Yeah, and that's that's what's so great about it, right? Like, how awesome that show is and such a love letter to the fans. Like, Ted Raimi didn't have to do that. Yeah. They didn't need to put Ted in that suit, but he did it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. Blake quit downloading it. It's going to get canceled because of you. I'm calling him out. <laughs> Jason? First of all, I just want to say how cool this is because when we normally uh, do our podcast, we do it over Skype and we're all in different towns and different things. This is like the first time we've ever been sitting in the same room and, and it's uh, really cool and I, I'm just so happy that we get to do this. Anyway, my, my pick... Uh, the first one I thought of right away, because I knew these guys would take all the easy answers. <laughs> I this I thought my favorite monster was the Pale Man from Pan's Labyrinth, the dude with the eyes in his hands. Right? Right? Isn't it the scariest <laughs> shit you've ever seen? Oh my God! It's like, but like, yeah. The talk. All these guys who come up with this stuff have pretty messed up brains, I think, and. And uh, that's what I like about it, because you're like, who would have thought of this creature? And, and we, we got lucky enough, and we got to go see his 
um, art exhibit up in Minneapolis. Tad, you yeah, got to awesome. go too. And uh, just to see this thing. Oh, no, Terry, though. Aww. I'm sorry. I'll show you my pictures of it later. And, but this thing is so cool with the saggy skin and the, seeing it in like real life size. Like, it made it, I, I didn't think it could be any creepier, but it you, was. You yeah. could probably do like a whole um, monster episode of just Doug Jones. Oh, yeah. The creatures he's played. Easy. Yeah, it's like, Easy. you could almost, yeah, you could, everybody could like pick their top three Doug Jones monsters and you wouldn't overlap. Sure. I'm guessing somebody's favorite is going to be Mac tonight, the uh, the talking moon from the old McDonald's commercials. <laughs> I I hope we didn't well, all pick that. That would be embarrassing to if steal we all my picked thunder. it. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yes. Oh man. So would we consider Jug, uh, Doug Jones to be um, this era's Lon, Lon Chaney, maybe? Yeah, Chaney's definitely. Pretty I fair. think so. Yeah. Well, he doesn't do his own makeup. Well, there, like there's that, yeah. but it's as far true. as being the man of a thousand monsters, yeah, definitely. Like, has he ever? Well, he's had to have done films where he's not in makeup, where it's yeah. Him, he right? actually filmed a short here in Iowa, my friend Max, where he's not in makeup. That's right. Uh, with Michael Bergen, and then he's he did Dust of War with, with um, I don't remember who else was in that one, but it's a feature, and he didn't do the makeup. He's he's actually he can pull it off, and he's in the new Star Trek. Oh, okay, I didn't yeah, know that. But That's he awesome. is in makeup in that, but he. He sort of plays an alien creature, of course, but... Yeah. yeah. He's also in John Dies at the End with no makeup. Oh, crap. I That's forgot true. about that. That's yeah. right. Oh, that movie's awesome. That movie's awesome. So my number one pick, um, like, and this is, this is extremely, like, a personal pick, because uh, it's probably not the best-looking monster ever, but it, it's one that I love, and that's the, the creature from um, Deadly Spawn. Yeah. I have loved that movie since I first got the big box version, and it, they, they renamed it Return of the Aliens Deadly Spawn to kind of cash in on the alien craze. Um, but it's, it's, a, it's a really low-budget movie from the early 80s. Um, you know, the acting's not very good, and the production quality's not that good, but the monsters in it, considering the circumstances and the budget, are flipping amazing. There are these, like giant slug type looking creatures with these big heads that are nothing but teeth just teeth everywhere and there's several of them throughout the film in in all versions of its growth like all the way down to the little tad uh, tadpole sized ones all the way to like the big ginormous ones that uh, take up a whole room so I love that creature I always thought the design of that was was really really cool and um, just amazed on the fact that they pulled off. Well, we don't like the Deadly Spawn. <laughs> they hate that movie. God. They're out of here. Travis doesn't like the Deadly Spawn, so he's leaving. No, Your it. number one pick cleared out the room, <laughs> dude. Well, fine. We'll move on. But you've seen Deadly Spawn, right? Oh, yeah. Many yeah. times. That's a fantastic... And I, I, the first time I saw it was when I rented that big box version under Return of the Aliens Deadly Spawn. Yeah. yeah. Love that movie. That box is so cool, though, because it's just... It's just all red. It's just got so much blood on the front cover. It's just that thing is standing in a pool of blood. It's just amazing. <laughs> greatest, greatest box cover ever for a movie. The guy who, uh, who built those things, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, his name is Peter Rag, and he also built uh, Don Dollar's Night Beast. Yeah, because um, there's a bonus feature on the disc and where they tour the guy's house that did the effects. Uh, I'm glad you remembered his name because I don't. 
But, and you see, he points it out. He doesn't say what movie it's from, but as soon as I saw it, I'm like, oh, that's the Night Beast mask, which almost made my bottom. Wait, it did make my bottom, didn't it? Nope, it didn't. It almost made my bottom. Because, like, it's one of those, like, okay, the design is cool, but it's got no articulation. And it's really just a mask. Like, otherwise, he's just wearing a, a spacesuit, you know? So it's kind of funny that, like, one of my least favorite and one of my favorites is the same, dude, same effects artist, but. Probably had a different budget for one to the other. <laughs> That's true, especially for non dollar film, yeah. All right, what's another one on your list, Brian? All right, I'm going to give number two, talking about the human element that Jason brought up uh, during the Alien, is uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon. The suit designed by Millicent Patrick was the first time that a full-body humanoid creature had been made like that. There had been monsters like Godzilla and even going as further back to a movie called, I think it's The Unknown World, that has guy-in-suit dinosaurs stumbling around. They're very, very stiff suits but there had never been a humanoid full body monster suit like that and every monster you see today in any movie that has a humanoid body structure still owes its existence a debt of gratitude to Melissa Patrick and the way she designed that creature from the Black Lagoon suit. They still build monster suits the same way. Yeah, that probably would have been my number one if I, knew, if I didn't know it was already on your list because the creature is just one of my all time favorite monsters. And um, and yeah, that suit was revolutionary. Like stuff like stuff like that done on that level, just wasn't done. And that suit still holds up today. Yeah, it's still not only is it still uh, iconic in the way that it changed monster making in movies. It's still from 1954. You can watch that thing on Blu-ray today, and it looks more believable than just about anything you'll see coming out of studios today. It's a fantastic monster. Yes, absolutely. Tad, what's another one on your list? Uh, my number two would be Brundlefly, the uh, Jeff yeah. Goldblum, Cronenberg version. Um, once again, another creature that sort of takes several forms, so it's almost sort of cheating. But um, <laughs> it, it, once again, he's, uh, you sympathize with him uh, throughout the movie, and, but it's, he's so disgusting, but you still feel for him. So I, I, I feel like every stage of the Brundlefly is, is a different monster, and they're all awesome. Um, and just recently rewatching that for the podcast sort of um, refreshed my love for that. For that, uh, and you see, I mean, you still see a little bit of Goldblum in each version. Uh, you see him progressively get worse, and it's just such a, I don't know, in my mind, another super terrifying monster. Uh, I love that movie. I love the design. I love everything about it. The effects still hold up. It still looks awesome. Still, still terrifies me. So that's that's another one of my topics. It's a great yeah. one. Yeah. The puking's gross, though. Yeah. The enzyme puking. Yeah, and his teeth awesome. falling out and his nails, all that stuff is disgusting and I love it. <laughs> now, we talked about this movie on an episode a couple episodes back, so um, uh, I, I made a comment about my theory on uh, whose fault it was, and I was blaming that it was Gina Davis's fault. Um, and for the full context of that, you're going to have to listen to that episode... <laughs> So, but uh, I'm going to recanter that because I got to thinking about it more. And like Jeff Goldblum, he's, his character's awesome, but he's kind of a whiny little bitch in that movie, you know? He's kind of like... I thought you liked his, this movie. What? I thought you liked this You're just... I'm saying... No, I love the movie. Don't get me wrong. Character. I'm talking about Fair. Jeff Goldblum's character himself. Like he, 
you know, his, his social skills are not the best, obviously, you know. Nope. And so human interaction with him, especially on a physical level with, like, Gina Davis, um, I don't think he has the maturity level to handle that. So, so I recant her, uh, my Still hatred for Gina Davis. Re recant. What's that? Nothing. It's fine. I said the right word. <laughs> so Terry, yep. what's on what's next on your list? Um, my next top one was Sam from Trick or Treat. Yay! Awesome movie. Little, it looks like a little kid with his costume burlap sack over his head and lollipop with a bite out of it as his weapon. But then later on, it's revealed that he has this really cool like pumpkin face. Do you, awesome. do you like the pumpkin face, too? I do, yeah. Really? I think it looks good. I think, uh, for me, it was always kind of one of those things, like... Um, like why did you show that? What? Like, why did you show it? Yeah, like I, I felt it? like it didn't need to be shown, because, like, what I have built up in my head is never going to be matched. You know, it's one of those situations. So, sure. yeah, the design is cool, but, like, you know, it, I just don't think it me. needed to be shown. It's grown on me. It's not... I mean, it seems childish a little bit, but like, I think that's good. I think that fits him. Like, I feel like it's, I don't know. It doesn't bother me at all. And, and he okay. regenerates. That's awesome. Like, it's, yes. no matter what you do, he comes back together. You pull him apart, mm -hmm. he pulls back together. Yeah, that's awesome. Can't stop him. <laughs> they need to make a freaking sequel in that movie. They do. Bring that character back again. I don't they know got if to we'll make, ever get it. They got to make Krampus. Now it's yeah. time to make Trick or Treat 2. Well, yeah. Michael Doherty's currently working on Godzilla, so yeah. it'll be a while before he'll we get yeah, Trick or Treat 2. He'll go back to Trick or Treat. He'll, uh, at least write the script, let someone else direct it. Or, or if somebody just like gets the rights to that character and does something with it. Like, it's just amazing how one character has become so iconic among horror fans from one from just one movie instead of a whole franchise. And, a straight and it's to not video. even the, really and a straight to video. Yeah. And it's not even the main focus of the film. He's just kind of the wraparound character in a sense. Right. And they've done like there's been a graphic novel released that has like more continuing of anthology and stuff. So I don't know if if they do another movie if they're going to pull from that or if it's going to be something completely different, but. They just need to make more. Oh, Jason Voorhees is in the house. I know, I got scared. Oh, he, uh -oh. He's looking at me. <laughs> looking at me. <laughs> Jason, what's next on your list? I'm going to talk about the elephant in the room since Brian just mentioned it. And I don't understand. Like, how did Godzilla not make your list? Like, because I was talking about that. Because I was already picking kind of obvious ones. I was trying not oh. to be too. It's weird, Obviously right? Me. He didn't pick Godzilla. <laughs> but it's not purely one. a horror character either. So I was trying oh. to stick with monsters from horror movies. All right. Okay, so then I'm going to ask a bonus question. I'm going to like throw this whole show off the rails right now. What's your well, favorite? That's never happened before. <laughs> Which is your favorite Godzilla design? The one from 1989, Godzilla versus Biollante. Oh yeah, yeah. What do you <laughs> like about it so much? What do I like about it? It's the bulkiest, meanest, scariest looking Godzilla that isn't Shin Godzilla and Koichi Kawakita built a fully animatronic robotic head for it so it actually had facial expressions it just looks awesome yeah I think that was like the first time when I saw that one that's the first time I ever seen like the face move on, on Godzilla but you're absolutely right it's probably one of the meanest looking Godzillas ever yeah that's a good pick 
Sorry, guys. I couldn't just let this topic go without Brian having some Godzilla talk. I, well, we didn't have a whole lot of time for this show, so I was trying to oh. avoid Godzilla and Doctor Who. That's what Who Mike talk. and I guessed. We guessed why you didn't pick it is because one, how do you pick only three, or you know, like you just couldn't. There were too many to. Yeah, because like if if we did if we did let him talk about Godzilla, we'd probably have to cancel Rocky Horror Picture Show because you'd still be talking. That's true. That could happen. <laughs> that could happen. Okay, my number two, I. I've always loved this movie a lot, and it's very monster-centric, but, um, and I saw it as a teenager, so I'm just prefacing that part, but uh, Shuna Sassi from Nightbreed, the girl with the spikes, with the quills things. Um, I was, I mean, I like all the monsters in that movie, but as I mentioned, But I that's was, the only one you want to date? I didn't say dates. Uh-huh. I'm just saying. That's uh-huh. putting it politely. I'm yeah. just saying. Well, we're, we're in mixed company in this room, so I'm I didn't just, want to get too saucy with it. I'm just saying, uh, as a teenager, she was an entry, entry monster for me to that movie. So she got me... In, I used the wrong word. Introduction okay. in the manhood? Is that what you're... I'm just saying. Gateway. That's the word. She's the gateway monster for me for You're that using movie. a lot of I'm, euphemisms over there I'm, right now. I... <laughs> Yep. So Nightbreed's awesome. <laughs> it is full of monsters. You should check it out. As, but she's, I was, because of her, it really got me into that movie. Which, which cut do you prefer? I liked the, the new one. Yeah. Yeah. I like, mean, like it more? Or you just. I think I do. I've only watched it once. Um, but, I, but when I watched it, I, you'd, I knew instantly what the new scenes were. And I'm like, oh, every time I was like, well, yeah, that's awesome. Like yeah, that really helps flush it out even more, and uh, so yeah, I totally, totally recommend seeing that version for sure. I think I was just so used to the yeah. original one that it was a bit jarring. I mean, it's cool to see new footage, but I'm yeah. just so like, it, I, I don't, I don't even love the film. But seeing the, uh, I've seen it so many times that anytime you make changes, it's hard for me to get over. So yeah, cool, cool. All right, maybe, uh, maybe we should start getting into um, our least favorites. Okay. Oh wait, yeah. no, I still get to go, don't I? Oh wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, man. I love this movie and I love this design so much. Um, I'm gonna go with Elmer from Brain Damage. You know, yeah. I, I, just just this cute little gross worm-like parasite creature that attaches to the back of your head and eat you know eat your brains, but Fills you through it full of drugs and makes you see pretty things so he can control you so you can go get so he can go get brains. But then the other coolest part about it is that it's voiced by my all time favorite T V movie horror host Zachary. And him doing the voice of Elmer in that movie just adds such a completely different level to that entire movie. Because really it's it's a dark movie. It's gross. It's gritty. It takes place in like the worst parts of New York, and um, like the lead character Brian just goes down the spiral through the whole movie because he's addicted to the Elmer juice. And um, technical term. And it's and it it's just and it's so gory with the braining and all that stuff. But then you add Zachary's voice to the to the Elmer character, and it's just it's hilarious. And you just find yourself laughing at the wrongest things. So maybe H.R. Giger had an Elmer, and that's. I could be. Yes, I think you're. I think you're right. <laughs> okay, so yeah, I think um, 
for time, we should probably move on to our. Can I go first? Worst, yes. Well, let's yeah, let's mix it up. We'll start at the other end. Okay, because it's appropriate because our our latest episode that you can listen to right now that just came Ooh. out is a commentary track for a movie called Deathbed, the bed that eats. I fucking hate amazing this movie. movie. It's amazing. I hate this movie. <laughs> it is so terrible. You don't even like it on the no. bad, I would care ironic is. level? No. I can't stand it. And then you guys, are the whole commentary track, are trying to tell me that it's a brilliant comedy. <laughs> and I'm like, no, this is a turd. All right. I it's will, awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to... It's a bed that eats you. Yes! No. No. <laughs> that sounds awesome. It is not awesome. I think the what, idea of I an inanimate object I, no, being a monster I'm, is I'm awesome. Totally, I'm totally for an inanimate object being a monster. I'm totally for a bed being a monster. This movie just sucks. Wes Craven pulled it off. Not Deathbed, the bed that eats. Right. That movie didn't pull anything off besides wasting my time. The skeleton hands? No. The guy's oh, hands yeah, melt no. off and he's left with skeleton no. hands. He didn't, he didn't even feel the pain. He's just like, whatever, I'm still talking <laughs> with my skeleton hands, whatever. Oh, ouch. You're just mad because the father from Boy Meets World is in that movie and he's And that not hurts good his reputation, it. yes. <laughs> I would delete him off his IMDb page if I could. Anybody in the room see Deathbed, the Bed They Eats? Good. Save you your time. You see this movie. Save watch your it. time. It was I think mo- it's on Shutter and YouTube probably too if they want to watch it. It's somewhere. a bed. It's definitely on Shutter, yeah. That eats you. I think um, Patton Oswalt has like a whole bit about that movie. I, I think he it. does too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's funny. I bet it's funnier in the movie. <laughs> because of his bit, it gave that movie a lot more recognition. Yeah. The movie yeah. here's a, and it's just spoiler for trivia. Um, the movie was made in like 1977 and didn't get officially released until like 2006. When Someone it came was out finally DVD. like, "Okay, fine." We're well, we're out of movies to put on DVD. Let's put Deathbed out then, I guess. I think so. It no, it's genius. What's, See, what's great about this movie you is you can't like, believe him. We use the word genius anymore because he just used it on Deathbed. So don't even ever listen to him use the word genius again. What is weird about this movie is you watch it and you can't figure. You literally can't figure out is this supposed to be like some kind of serious, like overly artistic avant-garde film where it's this pretentious filmmaker who thinks he's smarter than everyone else, or is it supposed to be a satire comedy? Because it really fails on both of those levels. <laughs> it does, yeah. Um, and it, you, do, you don't know really how to react because like everything is played straight, everything is played serious, and everybody in the movie that is so monotone, <laughs> but yet there's moments where like it shows the inside of the bed digesting people, right? And so it'll show like the guy's watch floating down to the bottom, you know? Oh my God, he's been digested amongst this like Mountain Dew looking fluid. <laughs> and in one scene you see like, oh, it's the, guy's, it's the guy's shoes or whatever. And then a bottle of Pepto-Bismol shows up. Yeah. Like what, where, the, what? <laughs> and it belches Dumb. at one point too. Oh yeah, yeah, it, it belches, belches throughout the movie, yeah. So just quit talking about it. I don't want to see it. <laughs> don't. Let's check out Deathbed, the bed that eats. Terry, which one of your least favorites? Um, I don't know if you guys have. I'm sure you have the movie Black Roses, rock oh. and roll. Oh yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, there's this one scene where a woman. I think her name is Julie. Like, I can't. She like like her head becomes like this scrawny like chicken without a beak looking thing and 
you don't even see the rest of her body because I'm assuming that it was so bad they didn't want to show it. And then they just kind of like show her flailing behind a like a counter. I don't. It's really bad. It's bad. It's, is, bad. I, it's been a while since I've seen the movie. But the woman who changes into that, she's like an older lady in the movie, right? Because uh, that? that's Julie that the, Adams it, from it, Creature from the Black Lagoon. No. Yeah. I don't think it was an older lady. Well, Julie Adams is in that movie. I just don't remember if she turns into a monster or not. I, yeah, I can't remember the circumstances. If I remember, I thought it. it was the teenage girl that had the hots it, for the teacher. Yeah, so it was a younger girl. So that whole interaction through the entire movie between those two characters is very creepy. <laughs> but yeah, it's bad. Okay. No, it's good. I didn't really like that movie that much in the first place, but that scene still haunts me, so. <laughs> Tad, what's one of the worst... Um, I sort of had a hard time finding worse just because I'm, I feel like I'm forgiving on so many levels, like if you have no budget or um, if that it's a really like old a challenge. movie. But I'm going with actually uh, the Creeper from Jeepers Creepers. Oh, yeah. And I don't think it's necessarily a bad monster design, but yeah. I feel like the, the first time I saw the movie, it opens with a shot of them getting chased and you see him throwing the bodies down to shoot. I was absolutely into it. It was so intense, and it was awesome. And then when he's finally revealed, it's like, oh, he's a bat guy. Never mind. I, uh, I, all, the, all the terror I had built up was out because now he's like a giant bat. We wondered if it was the wings. Like, you, you didn't like him even before the wings came out at the I just, end? I think maybe just the fact that it wasn't... That it wasn't like a, I, I wanted it to be as simple as it was on the surface. I wanted it to be a guy going after them, and when it went supernatural, my I don't know, maybe my uh, maybe like he was saying um, with Sam, it's like what I had in my head. It couldn't live up to that. So when I saw this, uh, he he was like a half cowboy bat creature thing. I'm like, uh, I mean, he wears the he wears the hat and the duster. It's like okay, like he, he was so shrouded in the shadows. When they finally reveal him, it couldn't live up to what I was expecting, and I just I felt like uh, like a def like the balloon deflated. It's just like uh, I don't at, at that point I wasn't scared of him anymore. And if they I, called it Cowboy Bat, it would have been great. Yeah, the whole thing, been yeah, like, yeah. this movie's awesome. Yeah. And uh, I was afraid people would like when I when I listed him. It's, it has nothing to do we with the director, nothing at all about that. It's just and, and it really is isn't a horrible creature. And and but I think um, maybe like like I said, just my expectations watching the movie. I it had so much uh, potential for me, and it, and it's just personal to me. I mean, everybody else might. I know he's a very popular monster. Yeah, it, so it sounds like you appreciate the. Most ha first half of the movie because right, it, it yeah. is really good and it's intense and right. and that's what's awesome about it. And maybe I, I, I maybe even like parts of the second movie better because um, I already know what I'm going into and now that I don't have that expectation uh, because that was when I saw the first one it was you know before no. you got online and saw everything ahead of time. Now you know you know what the creature every monster every killer you know everything about a movie before you go see it so nothing surprises you anymore. Back then, it was like, you know, a big reveal when I saw The Creeper, and I was like, oh, yeah, okay. I could totally get, I mean, I still really like The Creeper, and I like the design and everything, wings included, but uh, I can get where you're coming from. It totally falls into that realm because uh, of, um, you know, you don't need to reveal the whole, the whole thing because, uh, you know, there is such great suspense in that first half of that movie. And it, and it does kind of, you kind of lose a little bit after the reveal happens. I don't, I don't necessarily think it's the, the, 
the reveal of the monster's fault. I just think the pacing kind of shifts a bit in the film itself um, compared to the first half. But like, there's so much mystery around, like, oh man, what are the, all these bodies all over the walls and his lair? And, and I don't, and I don't know if what they could have done differently, or you know, they, I don't know what if they revealed that it was a guy, it wouldn't have been any better. So I don't know if it's, you know, it's not necessarily the the monster himself. It's more of like you said, the reveal of him. Uh, hard to live up to that intro, you know, when you start off at uh, neck break speed and, and so much tension and then you, even you know, the buildup uh, didn't pay off, but that's why I listed the creeper. Cool, cool. Brian? Well, my number one for worst is the same as my number one for favorite. How's that for weird? It's that's pretty weird. Of course, you'd have to. Yeah, it's the Alec Gillis and Tom Woodruff Jr. redesign of the xenomorph that we see from Alien Resurrection on. They took everything that was cool about Giger's version, all the biomechanical stuff. They turned this weird, completely alien humanoid insect into an organic slimy lizard creature that looks like it would be more at home in a Roger Corman alien ripoff than it does in an alien movie. Well, like, I absolutely hate it. They took everything interesting away. The alien fans out. are so um, diehard and finicky. They like notice every little detail. It's like, oh, his uh, the chest tubes are off on the on the on the second movie. It's just not the same. It, it ruined it. You know. Well, in, and in, I understand in the sec- it. I, I'm perfectly fine with the ones in the second movie because they're a completely different cast. Of See the exactly what I'm saying. This, yeah. You can people know every design, and, and alien fans cool. know you know each each different alien and. Uh, it's it's awesome that people um, have such a passion it for it that it bothers them when you, you when you screw up one little thing. You you know normal people watch these movies and they're like, oh, it's the same alien from the first movie. It's not. It's not at all. I don't mind when they tweak the design. I even like the dog alien from the third yeah. one. I love the third alien movie. I just they they took it too far. They took away too that. much of what made that creature distinctive, and just made it bland and boring and generic. You're finicky, Brian. Yeah, I'm very finicky. So finicky. He's not alone. I, it's a lot of people hold that same opinion. I mean, that's yeah. what I'm saying is like the alien fans are very outspoken against certain designs. They love what they love and they hate what they hate. So, cool. Okay, so Miley's favorite, and um, during that conversation, I zoned out because I kept. That changing. happens a lot when I talk, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, I keep changing my mind on my my number one worst. Um, Just pick it. I'm going to go with the monster from Cloverfield because it goes back to the very beginning of this, of this episode when you talked about the alien design and it having like some realistic quality to it. To me, that creature devi- def- um, defies all laws of, of physics. It's ginormous, but it's got these like super long, really skinny legs. You know, just sweep the leg and you've taken out the monster, you know? So that's, that's my least favorite. I said sweep the leg. I like that. <laughs> it is a really stupid-looking monster. Yeah, yeah. If anything, it's good that they didn't show it much. I mean, that if they had anything going for them, it's that uh, they did not... You see so little of that monster that it's it sort of holds a bit of a mystery, but when you do, it's like, yeah, I agree. Okay, I think we have time... I don't know if we do maybe another quick round of worst here. Yeah, or just, you know, kind of speed through them or say the last... The, uh, the other two worst on my list were... You ever see the movie Ginger Dead Man? Awful. Unfortunately, yes. It's dumb. It's just dumb, right? But it is Gary Busey. No, I was just going to say that I'm not sure if that helps or hurts. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it hurts. And then I got to call out Roman, Robot Monster. Woo! 
I mean, that's the... I, 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 know I get low budgets, but, like, come on. You're not fooling anybody. That's a gorilla suit and a diving helmet. Like, that's not a monster. You just... I know. You keep looking at me like I'm going to be offended that's on your worst. but He's, he's coming across stage. I'm going to have to hold him back. Yeah. But it's so bad that the director himself tried to commit suicide after his movie <laughs> came out. So if he even hated it, I can't defend it. All right. And those, yeah, I just, those are the ones I think of when you say bad monsters. I just, I just can't do it. That's my picks. Terry? My um, other bottom two, my bottom ones are a little bit of a stretch for a monster, but we're going to count them anyway. Um, the aliens from Signs, because they okay. looked bad, and I hate that They're cool. water hurts You're them. wrong. <laughs> that whole They're movie dumb. is awful. No, hey, good. Damn man. it. M. Night Talk. I was hoping to get around that. <laughs> uh, my other worst is the birds from Birdemic. <laughs> yeah. They're Anybody so bad. Anybody seen Birdemic? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Raising them right, Brian. Yeah. Big surprise <laughs> that my kids have seen Birdemic, right? <laughs> we watch the Riff Tracks version all the time. That's a good Riff Tracks, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, a, it's a, the one bird, and they just copy and pasted the one bird <laughs> over and over. And move, like, the whole flock at once. Yeah. Just like, so yeah. Bad. So if so you bad. haven't seen Birdemic, it's... It's, it's actually of, worth watching, but... It's so bad. It's... So bad. it's it's dumbfounding how bad it is. Like, you cannot believe that this was made by a human. A human. Yeah. Like, seriously, you think everybody involved in the production are aliens trying to disguise themselves as humans and are doing things they think human beings would do. Because in the movie, it's not what human beings do. It, it, you know, if you just randomly name one thing you know about the production of a movie... And we have like a list of a thousand things that takes place in the production of a movie. It's all done wrong in Birdemic. But the birds in this movie are literally, they're not even exaggerating. It is, it's, it's a shot of a bird where its wings are moving like this. That's all the articulation. It's CGI'd and, they're, and it's just copied and pasted the same birds over and over again. And they're all just facing forward. No matter what is happening in the movie, the birds are always facing just forward. So, well, my my uh, other bottom two were the shrews from Attack of the Killer Shrews because so they uh, they look like taxidermy gone wrong, and then they they uh, <laughs> stuck them onto like uh, whatever um, people involved in the film. Like they brought their dogs on set that day, and they're like, let's dress them in this bad taxidermy. Uh -huh. And then um, then the an easy one was the trolls from Troll Two. Yeah. Uh, the funny thing about that, that is, though, you don't even notice, like, you don't even, I had to, like, think about what they even look like, because the trolls aren't even, like, really a thing in that movie. The, everybody is horrible what? acting. Everything else about the movie is so distracting that you don't notice that they're, like, paper mache trolls, which <laughs> are they, with the whole goblin thing, they don't yeah. even, they're not even technically trolls, so I could say they're goblins, but uh, they, they have the static faces. They look like uh, just big sort of mascot heads sculpted out of paper mache and painted by children at like a preschool class. <laughs> yeah. Everything about that movie, but, but at least it's entertaining. Oh, but yeah. uh, those, those monsters are, or the trolls are the least scary things ever on film. Ever. So The one with the googly eyes is like forever burned yeah. into my mind. Isn't it also cross-eyed? Like, yep. I think you can even like print off masks of a few of them online. Somewhere. And they probably look better. Like, probably. you could just print one off, and it suddenly looks better. Like you made the movie better. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, Brian. In 2010, there was a Gilman movie released called Hypothermia, and instead of going down the Amazon, the Gilman is attacking a bunch of people on an ice fishing vacation, which right there is stupid enough. But the movie is actually not that bad until we see the monster, and the last 10 minutes just kind of get flushed down the toilet. Do you remember the scene in Iron Man where uh, Obadiah Stane is berating his team of scientists for not being able to reproduce the Iron Man armor even after they've stolen the arc reactor? Yeah. As soon as that monster in hypothermia came on screen, all I could hear in my head was was Jeff Bridges screaming, Paul Blaisdell built this in a cave from a box of scraps. Why can't you do it? It's the laziest, crappiest Gill Man I have ever seen in my life. Is it the, the design or just like the execution of yes. that design? <laughs> after you it, po- it's a wetsuit with like a completely static like Halloween okay. mask face and a fin glued on the head. It's okay. ridiculous. Because I looked up some pictures online when you mentioned it. I'm like, that doesn't really look too bad. Oh, you should see it, flat, see it in action. It's a motion picture. Yeah. yeah, when you see it in action. And they probably just spent all their money on having Michael Rooker be in the movie. Probably. The, my other one would be, uh, there's a movie from Italy from 1982, I believe, called Panic, a.k.a. Bacterion, and it's about this lab experiment gone wrong, and this scientist gets turned into a monster, and you never see him throughout the movie. There's some good, tense, stalking scenes. It's not a bad movie, again, until you see the monster, because they imply throughout the movie that he's going to be some kind of horrific were-rat human rat creature hybrid and then he just looks like one of the zombies from nightmare city when you finally see him yeah. really yeah oh uh, so burnt burnt oatmeal glued to the face huh? yeah pretty much man that that does sound disappointing because you said were rat and i'm like i'm there yeah i, w- I was there too it. until i saw the melty faced turd zombie <laughs> that's like that's like the old 50s movie teenage zombie but it's just a gorilla yeah yeah okay so my my bottom two um I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna start with, uh, and I have Brian's gonna defend this one right off the bat. But I'm gonna go with <laughs> what I refer to as the monster turkey man that's strung out on drugs from the movie Blood Freak. You're right. I am gonna defend it. I love Blood Freak. <laughs> I love Blood Freak too. But come on, that design is horrible. Yeah, it's just a paper mache turkey head. And it's not even well made. <laughs> it's so bad. Not particularly. It's like it's it's somebody who writes with their right hand had their right hand chopped off in a meat grinder, so they had to make the turkey head with their left hand, and they have no uh, control over their left hand. Or they, they saw a Cholto and they're like, uh, I can now do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's close. And, well, and even in Troll 2, they like still put like outfits on to make them... <laughs> yeah, covered you know. up a little bit. But it's, yeah. it's, it's literally a guy dressed normal in blue jeans and a, and a shirt with a turkey head on, paper mache turkey head, so... <laughs> It's, yeah, it's awesomely bad. And then um, probably uh, my other one on there would be the jellyfish man from Sting of Death. <laughs> Do the Jilla Jolla jellyfish. <laughs> Neil Sadaka, one of his first hits. That's right. The worst. How weird is that, though? That, but uh, so yeah, this was a movie made in the drive in era. Um, late 60s, early 70s? Uh, late 60s, late I believe. 60s. Um, and it's a guy. In a wetsuit. Literally. Literally a wetsuit. Um, maybe they threw some like vines on him or something, you know, a little bit. With, with you know, flippers and a blown up, see-through, mind you, beach ball for a head. 
that in certain shots you could see the guy's face right through the beach ball. And it's, yeah, it's, it's glorious, but it's so terrible. There's like, there was no effort put into that at all. So, so that's mine. So anything anybody else wants to add before we wrap things up? Mm. Well, that's, that's it. That's it. Okay. Well, thanks everybody for yeah, listening to us ramble on. I really, that's awesome that you are, came out and thanks for coming to Halloween Palooza. Still tons of more stuff going on. Um, we do have, I think up next is the Mortal Kombat tournament. And I'm urging everybody, please, I don't care if you think you're not very good at it, sign up and play because there's prizes. And I want everybody to have as much fun here as possible. And so, you know, get to play a video game for a while and, and, and do that. So and you can play as Jason Voorhees. You can play as um, uh, Leatherface. You can play as the alien. Find out why Brian thinks it looks so which, cool. Which alien? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That, that's very important. Which variation? Which so, um, so please sign up for that. I don't think we've had to be on, to be honest. We haven't had a whole lot of signups, so um, it'd be great if we could get some more. And you could just do that straight back here by the arcade machines. Button so. mashers welcome. That's fine. What's that? Button mashers are welcome. Yeah, absolutely. That's how <laughs> I play. Yeah. So, but uh, so that concludes this episode of Attack of Killer Podcast. Thank you, everybody. Enjoy the rest Thank of Halloween Palooza.